1: Hi everyone, you're listening to the Third Coast Podcast, I'm Dennis Svonk.
2: And the winner is...
1: No, 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 I can't tell you just yet. There's still a little waiting left before we can announce the winners to this year's Third Coast Richard H. Driehaus Foundation competition but pop by our website thirdcoastfestival.org this coming Wednesday the 8th of October to see and listen to the best radio stories of the year and believe me there are more than ever this year including our first Little Mermaid and remember you can celebrate all of this year's prize-winning audio stories with us at our awards ceremony on Sunday November the 9th in Chicago 99% Invisibles' Roman Mars will be handing out the trophies and, true to form, he'll also be giving us a look inside the world of award design. Also, earlier that same day, Nancy Updike from This American Life will be sharing a few of her favourite examples of vice and inappropriateness from radio, TV, books and films. If you'll be in Chicago, it's a can't-miss Third Coast double feature. For tickets ticket to one or both of these events, visit thirdcoastfestival.org and click on Happenings. We have a special feature for you on the podcast this week. It's a story called The Last Days of Hollywood Park by producer David Weinberg about the final days of a once famous Southern California racetrack. I've never been there myself, but after hearing this piece, I'm honestly sorry that I'll never get to go. A bit of a warning, there are a couple of curse words in this story, so be aware if you plan to listen with the kiddies. All right, Uh, I think that's enough for me. Now, here's this week's podcast. June 16th,
0: 2005, started as a pretty typical Thursday at Hollywood Park. Vic Stauffer, the track announcer, was in his usual spot in the announcer's booth. It's way up in the air, seven stories above the turf, overlooking the man-made lake with its waterfalls and the pink flamingos that live in the infield. From up there, it feels like you can almost touch the planes that fly over constantly. Vic peered through a pair of binoculars as six horses entered the starting gate. They're off. Are to be good, Dark Beauty and Lady Lacaine. All the horses be broke out of the gate, and Lady Lacaine took the lead. And then suddenly, as the horses approached the first turn, the earth started shaking.
1: We are in the
0: midst of an earthquake here in Southern California as Lady Lacaine goes past the half mile pole. By the way, folks, I want you to know I loved you all and horse racing was my first love. The horses didn't the even seem to notice as they rounded the far turn and headed down the final stretch.
1: Pleasant Thunder alongside these two come to the wire in a shaker!
0: Vic says this was one of the most memorable races he's called in his 13-year career as an announcer at Hollywood Park. It's a place he knew he would work at from the first moment he visited when he was just 10 years old. I asked him, what he's going to do after the track closes.
1: I don't know. Be devastated. It's, uh, it's just the nature of life, and it's the nature
0: of certainly this business. You got to, one door closes and another opens. I'd like to punch in the mouth every person that said that to me. From Vic's perch above the grandstands, he can see the bugle player, Jay Cohen, as he strolls onto the track in a top hat, long green suit coat, and shiny black boots. He walks up to a microphone and flips a switch.
2: I am about to go play The Call to the Post. I've played it over 88,000 times, and that song lets everyone know that the horses are coming onto the track.
0: One by one, the horses appear from inside a tunnel, like football players coming onto the field at the beginning of a game, only more majestic. Should
2: be a good day of racing today, huh? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely gorgeous. In
0: 1936, Hollywood Park was nothing but a swampy bean field in Inglewood. But two of the four Warner brothers, Jack and Henry, saw the land as an ideal spot for a horse racing track. Southern California already had a track at the time, Santa Anita, but because of anti-Semitism, Jack and Henry weren't welcome there. From the beginning, it was a place to be seen. If you were a movie star and you wanted to be in a Warner Brothers picture, it was a good idea to show your loyalty to the studio by playing the horses at Hollywood Park.
2: The skies are clear, the temperature's in the 70s, as we enjoy our usual cool sea breeze from the Pacific Ocean, which is only five miles away. And uh, the flag is up,
1: and they're off, and running!
0: And horse racing was the most popular sport in America. When Seabiscuit raced War Admiral in 1938, the year that Hollywood Park opened, 40 million people listened to the race on the radio. Even the President of the United States, Franklin D. Roosevelt, stopped a cabinet meeting to listen. And for over a decade, Hollywood Park had the highest attendance of any track in the country, right up to the 1970s.
2: I think my generation was where it started to kind of unravel.
0: Nason Smith spent a lot of time at Hollywood Park in the 70s, when the glamour started to wane. His dad was a bookmaker. He took bets illegally on the side.
2: The track in the 70s was a so much seedier, different kind of place.
0: The writer Charles Bukowski was also a regular at the track. In a column he wrote for the underground newspaper Open City, he described Hollywood Park this way. The horses look the same, and the people a little worse. The horse player is a combination of extreme conceit, madness, and greed.
2: It was like hanging out with carnies or something. When I would go there, uh, Charles Bukowski would be there. I went up to him one time. He was at the bar, and he was drunk, and I introduced myself. I was about 16, something like that. I had a beer and a racing form, a cigarette, and said, you know, Mr. Bukowski, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, too. I'm a bit of a poet, and I was wondering if you... uh had any advice for me, like, how do you break into the game or whatever? And Bukowski turned around and and, uh, said, you want some advice? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'd like some advice. And Bukowski just sort of lifted his arms, just sort of gesturing to the place. And he says, I'll give you some advice. You should get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And then he turned around and went back to drinking.
0: Today, Hollywood Park isn't so much seedy as it is empty. Attendance rarely tops 5,000. There's a lot of theories about why the sport is in decline. You can bet online now. And with 30 minutes between each race, there's a lot of downtime, unlike football, baseball, or even NASCAR, where the action is constant. And people, they don't seem to value pageantry the way they used to.
2: You know, there's a certain poetry and beauty to the horses that is uh, like no other sport. And it's, uh, it's disappearing.
0: There are three horses buried at Hollywood Park. Their bones will be dug up and moved when the track closes. Great Communicator, Landaluce, and Native Diver are their names. Native Diver was one of only two horses to win the Hollywood Gold Cup three times. The other is Lava Man, who is still very much alive. In fact, he still lives at Hollywood Park. He's a happy boy. Always a happy boy. Salvez Rivera rides Lava Man, who's retired from racing. He works these days as a stable pony, which means he accompanies racehorses to the track, kind of like a chaperone at a high school dance. I have to say I was a little starstruck meeting Lava Man, a horse who's won over $5 million in his career. He's a beautiful animal. Doesn't say much, but he loves carrots. Salvis and the other five to 600 employees and the 1,200 horses that live in the stables at Hollywood Park, they're all in limbo. They're not sure where they're going to go. Some employees and horses will go to nearby tracks like Santa Anita or Del Mar.
1: Everybody is, is moving on. Times change, and uh, that's what's happening.
0: Jack Liebau is the president of Hollywood Park. He says that ever since the 2004 initiative to bring slot machines to the track failed, there wasn't much of a chance of the park staying open.
1: The the profit isn't sufficient to sustain the the operation here because the the land is just too valuable.
0: Hollywood Park sits on a tremendous amount of land. The sprawling infield dotted with palm trees, the grandstand, and the massive parking lots that surround all of it, plus the stables on the backside.
1: There's uh, 260 acres of uh, land here, and it's the largest undeveloped site really in the Los Angeles Basin.
0: After the grandstands and the stables are leveled, Developers plan to spend $2 billion on a mixed-use development called Hollywood Park tomorrow. It'll have office space, retail, nearly 3,000 residential units, a 300-room hotel, and two lakes. (laughs) Naomi Filburn is one of the employees looking for a new job. She's been a bartender at Hollywood Park for 28 years. Naomi is a touch over five feet with bright white hair and lots of jewelry, a look she describes as kind of blingy. In her nearly 30 years here, she's seen the occasional big winner, but mostly people lose money.
2: So then one time I had a customer came over to get a drink, and he had said that he had, oh, I just lost $300 on that horse. And I said, you should have given it to me, I would have least appreciated it. And he said, well, then you'd have to marry me. And I go, why, were you going to marry the horse?
0: Naomi has known many of the track regulars here for decades.
2: I've been coming here 40 years, so... I'm just, I'm glad to be a part of it. My name is George.
0: George, like a lot of the regulars I talked to, was not terribly heartbroken by the news that Hollywood Park was closing. Most people just shrugged, said they'd drive to Santa Anita or go next door to the Hollywood Park Casino, which is staying open. They're going to expand the off-track betting facility there for the thousands of gamblers who spend their weekends glued to the TV sets that broadcast races from around the country.
2: The five horse will win this race easy. Okay, five, turn it on, baby. Tomorrow he going to win, not today. Looking
1: good for it. Come on, five, baby. Take the rail, five. Take the rail,
0: five. The final horse race at Hollywood Park will be on December 22nd, when the bugle player, Jay Cohen, will walk onto the track, hold his bugle up to his lips, and play the call to the post one last time. Then he says he'll play Auld Lang Syne. And finally, hooray for Hollywood.
1: Last days of Hollywood Park was produced by David Weinberg and was first broadcast on KCRW as part of the Independent Producer Project.
2: Hooray for Hollywood That screwy valley Hollywood
1: You can hear more work from David on his podcast Random Tape which you can find at randomtape.com the name of the podcast pretty much describes it dead on, and it's strange and lovely all the same. If you really missed Resound this week, remember you can listen to every single episode ever on our website, thirdcoastfestival.org, or download past episodes the same way that you found this one. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Alright, that's all for this week's podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Resound. And as always, thanks for
2: listening.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,